My name is Karan Madhok and I'm the editor and co-founder of The Chakkar. Thechakkar.com is an Indian arts review, a celebration of India's artistic creativity, where we publish writing on Indian music, film, literature, theatre, art, sports and more. We also publish creative work like poetry, fiction, photography, original art, etc. In this episode, I will interview a number of guests on recent trends in music, literature and film and TV. In conversation today with Pratik Santram, Anurag Tagat and Shasta Vaishnav. We will discuss the anthology series Ray, listen to music by the hip-hop duo Irfana and Taslina, and analyze literature by Albert Camus and Anthony Dewey. So strap in and let's go around the chakra. So Pratik Santram is here and we're going to talk about the anthology Ray. Anthologies are a big thing on Netflix, aren't they? They, they, they keep on churning them out. Yeah. But this one was a little bit different. Uh, Pratik, tell us a little bit about the Ray Anthology. So, um, I was quite intrigued because, mm. you know, uh, so they are based off uh, four short stories that were written by Satyajit Ray. Uh, and Satyajit Ray, who is obviously probably better known for his filmmaking, uh, is was a published author. In fact, uh, as a kid, I have read his detective stories. There was a detective called Felu, Feluda. And uh, so I've read those uh, series of uh, that. So I was quite intrigued. I wanted to see what they come up with uh, and how much of the filmmaking will be affected by Satyajit Ray's filmmaking. Even though I must admit, like I haven't seen a lot of his work unfortunately which had you had you read any of these stories that have been uh ha- that have made it to screen in this anthology no no i hadn't so but i, I kind of was familiar with the writing style uh but again so uh i it was just interesting because you he's he's uh supposed to be one of the greatest filmmakers of all time so it was, it's going to be um interesting watch that's why i was quite excited to watch this year it, it was always going to be a challenge for the audience because you know you are using the name you're using the stories mm. of a creative genius who is sort of as you said considered one of india's greatest ever filmmakers mm-hmm. you're making films so each in this anthology is a mini film there an yeah. hour long yeah. um but the films are very different from what like just like you I'm not you know I'm not super uh, familiar with Satyajit Ray's work but I do know that his work is not like his filmmaking wasn't like the films that were made here. Yeah. These films are very modern, obviously. Mm-hmm. He must have written these stories decades ago. So, um, and, these, and, and I think all of these stories are adapted for the modern time. Yeah. Um, there is little in common, except I would say they're all um, kind of flawed male characters mm-hmm. who are the main men. And there's something that is, there's a hint of a supernatural yeah. in each of these four stories. Yeah. The, it, it, it's not necessarily... You know, we can argue how much supernatural is in each one, mm-hmm. but there's a hint of it in each one. So before we, you know, go any further, let's talk about what we like, what we didn't like. Which mm-hmm. one was your favorite one? Let's just start with that. So in retrospect, uh, <laughs> after having watched all four of them, 
I actually really like the one with uh, Manoj Bajpayee. Yeah, same, uh, same. Hangama, <laughs> Hangama, Hey Kyu Barpa, uh, and because it was, it was the most light-hearted uh, one of them all. Mm. It was almost like a comedy, mm. um, but I think it was it was just the overall performance. It was the fact that it was, it was a great story to just go through. It, it it was a simple story. Yeah, at the at the end of the day. Um, I think the simplest story of them all, but yeah, I I think I think I really like that. Uh, all of them were good. I think in parts the performances are great. By the way, the yeah, yeah. Uh, they they cast really good mm-hmm. actors in each and every single one of them. You know, like we can score with uh, Ali Fazal in the first one. We have K K Menon. We have uh, Manoj Bajpayee. As you said, the very last one had Harshvardhan Kapoor, who was we were talking about this previously. He's not that he's known as a, like this super great actor yeah. but he was good for that very specific role that Cast, he had to play like, like this young brash actor right mm-hmm. um i i also agree with you i think the manoj bajpayee one hangama hai kyon barpa was also my favorite one just the the urdu poetry the shayari mm-hmm. in it was really touching and you know the this the story itself was 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 just a fun story L- let's touch on the themes of each one you know sure. the, the very first one was thematically i think was about memory mm-hmm. the ali fazal one it was called uh, forget me not mm-hmm. which is like a perfect title for that um and it's again we won't give any spoilers here to anyone who hasn't seen it but generally it was about a person who doesn't forget anything yeah. he was like just this supreme business champion really but he forgets a very important trip he took to aurangabad and that sort of spirals life out of control for him yeah. what sort of emotion did that leave you with at what point did you sort of uh feel that this story has has a sense of reality in it and you know because all of these stories as we mentioned earlier has a sense of supernatural yeah, yeah. so at what point did the reality sort of take place of the supernatural in that one so i think it was it was uh, i mean, without getting super critical it was it was almost like a commentary on other things as well like mm-hmm. the, the the business lifestyle or the corporate uh lifestyle uh mm-hmm. the pressure of that um just relationships between uh, human beings so i think that's where the reality part comes in and i think more than supernatural it's more i think each of the stories including this one mm-hmm. has more of that um, mystery element to it rather than a, yes there is a bit of the supernatural uh but it's it's more of a i don't know it's 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 done uh, in in a fun way um but but in this one this is a, this gets quite dark yeah it's uh, it's i won't say supernatural it's more like magic realism in yeah, most of yeah, these stories yeah. where you, it's if you see from from a particular perspective it's not supernatural at all from one perspective it's actually very logical mm-hmm. i would say all of these stories yeah um i was a bit disappointed with the way this ended actually i was a bit disappointed with the way all yes. of them ended <laughs> except for uh, except for the manoj bajpayee one yeah um you uh, you mentioned you also like bahupriya which is the second one with K- um but, so i'm sorry bahupriya bahupriya yes yeah, yeah. i'm sorry uh starting kk menon so uh tell me about that short mm-hmm. short film let's just call it mm-hmm. that and yeah. uh, and 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 why did it resonate with you so i think uh, actually that's the one which i think is the in my opinion is the most flawed in the sense of storytelling i mean hmm. again not giving anything away uh but uh, apart from that i think it is again uh KK Menon's performance yes uh, as we have already mentioned like the performance uh, uh, top notch um but it also had this whole thing of like the masks that people wear in everyday life yeah you know 
uh, and if you do get rid of it what is underneath like i i think i was left with the whole question of like if you do if somebody does wear a mask you know like we we all do mm. uh, for different places for different people for different um, with different people we wear different masks oh, the mask slips what is under there yeah you know and is that more dangerous or is it better to just have that mask on uh, and that that i thought was a really interesting story you know uh, again no spoilers but he goes from like an introvert a completely like a uh, shy person a very mm-hmm. person with very low on his confidence and how because he acquires something he's able to shed that uh, at least in certain situations so i think i felt this is the one that i i feel that i, w- I would enjoy the short story the most mm. because i think it ended or not just ended i, I just i just felt it, it it had the it had the strongest sense of what i feel the best short stories are about where there's a character and you don't really quite have a hold of who is this person mm-hmm. as you said he's wearing different masks right um but i think in the written word that would be a lot more intriguing to me mm-hmm. because if we have a narrator or 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 a or a close third person narrative voice uh it's it's going to be so int- it, it it would take a real genius to to make that story mm-hmm. go all the way with the main character being somebody that we're not actually sure who, what his real personality is yeah. he keeps on changing that right um so in that sense i think it would have worked pretty well moving on to the third one uh, we already talked about yeah, this hangama yeah. uh, kya ho barpa so well the first one we mentioned the theme was sort of memory the second one the theme was i guess identity mm-hmm. or um, yeah and the third one the theme would pro- probably be like i don't know thievery <laughs> like like yeah, kleptomania yeah. is that the theme uh, I-, i love the way that they, they say mania uh, kleptomania <laughs> in this in, uh, in in this particular one um and 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 i think i love every single train movie yeah <laughs> and and this is a very strong uh train movie it's a very strong dialogue movie yeah. i keep on saying movie because that's how i yeah, i sort of watched yeah, yeah, yeah. it um but, but it's so much of it is based on the conversations these two characters have manoj bajpai and the other gentleman whose name i'm really blanking on right now yeah. um beyond what i've already said what what else would you say has been what else would you say you remember from this particular story the hangama hangama hai ke barpa so first of all as you said i mean it's a it's uh, mostly shot on a train mm-hmm. uh, and i i think it's a great especially for us who've taken like these long train journeys yeah. i think it's a great love letter to that uh, I, of course that's just the surface part but uh, apart from that i mean we already mentioned that it's a light hearted story uh but i think i think just again the performance of manoj bajpai i think is amazing because of his uh the urdu that he speaks yeah. the way he speaks uh urdu you know it's it's a very difficult thing to do and again people who, uh, like you and me who who've uh, grown up around like a lot of urdu speaking uh, either urdu speaking places or urdu speaking people you know we know how important important it is to get like the the talaffuz as you call it yes. in urdu uh right um i think that that was amazing but as far as the story goes uh i think it was again a very, very hint of the super again uh, magic realism yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. use that term i think uh it was there in this as well and the 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 way they've made it and you're not sure of the exact time period it's in by the way yeah i think that's that i think that's one of the reasons why it's it stood out because it 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 could have happened 40 years ago yeah. it could be happening right now right now yeah. and uh 
I almost like to believe that it's happening right now yeah. because because I I want to believe that people who are that obsessed with Ghazal and Shairi and people who are that obsessed with wrestling and and, and being a wrestling journalist as the the opposing character is still exist yeah. and and are and are taking I mean I want to believe trains like that are still around like or rooms mm-hmm. the cabins like that which the first AC yeah which, which are hard to find now they're yeah. very yeah. <laughs> it, it it was it's like the Darjeeling uh, Express mm-hmm. movie yeah. it was kind of like that too um yeah uh, it's uh, uh, that's a good observation because even i was wondering because every other one of these films you know where it's when it's set. you sort of know that yeah. they are may, they may be contemporary maybe except the kk men in one also uh but this one for sure we are a little bit lost in terms of time but that's a good thing mm-hmm. of course yeah uh the very last one spotlight <laughs> and uh, this stars we mentioned harshvardhan kapoor mm-hmm. who on paper is you know the worst of these main actors yeah. there's no sort of you know no one's going to leave uh, the uh, ray anthology thinking wow what a great acting job mm-hmm. he did but and no one's going to leave the ray anthology thinking that wow that was a really good short mm-hmm. <laughs> because it it was fine it was yeah. okay yeah, yeah. um I, I, but you know he did a pretty good job as as who he was you know he he can be annoying and and these young uh, any film that about a spoiled young bollywood star is going to be annoying to us because mm-hmm. we can sort of relate with the other characters in other anthologies because yeah. we have seen people like that exactly yeah. we have seen you know we have seen people who are either successful businessmen or who relate to successful businessmen mm-hmm. we have seen people like the kk menon character the manoj bajpai character but this spoiled hollywood brat character is I have nothing to say about him because I don't know anyone like him. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Or actually, the people you do know who might be a bit like them are annoying. Are the people you hate? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, now to be fair, all the four main actors in this anthology are people. I won't say you necessarily hate, but you don't. You you, you immediately see the flaw in them. Mm-hmm. Um. Now the very last one. I guess the thematically the theme is. Should we go with? I mean. Because, fame, but yeah, yeah. I mean, from both sides, I would yeah. Fame b- b- uh, uh, without giving anything more away, it's about a young and uh, very popular Bollywood actor who is jealous of the popularity that a uh, sort of God. religious leader yeah. this woman is getting, who is in the same hotel as him, who takes his room. Actually, yeah. um, what were your takeaways from this particular uh, short? So I remember watching this, and uh, for whatever reason, I had paused it at a specific place, and I was like, "Really? What else are they going to add to this?" Yeah. Uh, again, I don't want to give anything away, but I was just like, "I think, I think it was done well. I think the way that uh, ended, it got better. This is what I would say. It got better towards the end. Mm. You know what I mean? Like most of the other stories, I think, gripped you right in the beginning, and maybe because something had happened more towards the end, kind of was like, ah." Oh, wish could be a little better mm. in this i think it was the opposite where it started off like okay okay we've seen the story before mm. and then towards the end it was like okay great i mean this is something different um yeah again not perfect i think i, I, I think, must stop you yeah i hated the ending of this I, absolutely i mean i do agree with you it got better at mm. about the 80% mark yeah, yeah, yeah. but the very last 5 to 10 minutes <laughs> i was like oh my god <laughs> This is and people who have seen it know exactly the 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 scene I'm talking about is. But actually, I actually went back and thought about it, and uh, maybe after you're done recording this, we can talk about it because it will have spoilers otherwise. Uh, but I actually it made sense to me. Uh, again, it's not it's not thought provoking in any way. It's not. It doesn't leave you with oh wow. It doesn't leave you with a mm. new understanding of life. Mm. <laughs> but but 
I actually didn't mind it. I know exactly what you're talking about. Hmm. And I didn't mind. I was like, it's, it's okay. It's okay. I, I, I do want to see Harshwadhan Kapoor in more things. It's funny. Yeah. Like as, as uh, I, I mean, so I recently watched AK vs. AK this year too, where he basically played an exaggerated version of himself. And, and so is this character. This character, as you had mentioned earlier, is a, is a f- more popular version of himself. He's basically a meme now, you know. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. like, I'm going to play the worst version of a Bollywood star you can think yeah. of. I, I, I think it, it's refreshing to see a young ho- Bollywood brat sort of accept it. Yeah. See, like, the, 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 yes, I am the son of a famous person. Mm-hmm. This is who I am. Deal with it. And it's... So I, I, I would like to see more... I would like to see more of him. I do want to say, as, you know, uh, with this whole anthology, I can tell the, the, the remnants of Satyajit Ray's genius yeah. behind every of these stories because they were all such intriguing ideas. Mm-hmm. As pure ideas alone, you can tell that there was a master writing behind all of this. Now... Um, we we made debate over how it actually got fulfilled on screen and how the sort of short stories became into script. Mm. But I don't think any of us would disagree that the short stories themselves or, or the, the storyteller himself yeah. did an incredible job, right? Thinking Absolutely. of these stories. Actually, that, that's another thing, like uh, flawed as they might be. A lot of these stories, I think, were worked well as short stories. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, as you said, you know, the KK Man in one, for example, you would, you would really want to read that. Mm. They, you, you get the sense of a short story. Even the best short stories are the ones which a bit of which are not completely grounded in reality. You know, there's a bit of uh, the characters are extra, a little more exaggerated than you would have in a novel. You know, because I guess there's shorter time too. Uh, but yeah, the one thing I did wonder though was that why did they have to modernize it? I mean, would it be that bad to actually just make? a story out of exactly what he wrote, you know, because they, they changed the name of the character in some cases as well, especially in a place like Netflix. I mean, I can understand uh, modern adaptations for like the cinema, mm-hmm. where you want to draw more people. Mm-hmm. But in a play, when it is a uh, movie made for Netflix or by mm-hmm. Netflix, you know, I was just wondering, why not just make a Satyajit Ray movie? I mean, that that might be... That's actually a very good point. And, uh, and now I'm thinking about it too. But I, would, I guess the only reason I would say they did it is perhaps to avoid comparisons to actual Satyajit Ray movies <laughs> because yes. because in now they are so they are starkly different mm. from his real work because they are grounded in modern reality as compared to 60s and 70s mm. that said the anthology is still called Ray true, <laughs> you, true, you true. can't true. escape the fact that that this man's fingerprints is on all these stories yeah, yeah. and and he's the man who, sh- who should get credit for it um well uh I'm you know it, it is a fun watch and you know with 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 each time we talk about these new OTT um, movies or shows that are coming in on, you know, for the Indian screens or for the Indian audience, they are getting more experimental. They're getting bolder. And I'm just happy to see that even when they're flawed, we couldn't have imagined a lot of these stories being told in our youth, no, at, yeah, at, yeah. at least, at least on any screen, big screen, silver screen, yeah. small screen, whatever. Mm-hmm. So at least that exists. And uh, they're interesting stories. The performances are great. Absolutely. I, I think we would, again, I, I hope that they continue this trend of like taking these stories and, you know, because uh, giving something new to the audience to watch. I think that's the most important thing. I think that's why we, at least I, 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 I liked it uh, also because it was something new. Well, Pratik, thank you for joining us today to talk about Ray. And uh, I'll see you next month. Thank you. I'm here now with Anurag Tagat. Anurag, welcome back to the What's the Chakra podcast. How are you doing, man? Hey, Karan. Yeah, good to be back. Uh, good to uh, 
uh, checking on you once again and everything. Uh, yeah, you're doing all right, you know, as best as possible right now. <laughs> yeah, so uh, before we actually started recording, I, uh, I had mentioned how sort of grateful I am for you to introduce me to uh, the, the artists that we are focusing on today. We are focusing on the duo of uh, Irfana and Taslina, um, who I had not heard of at all. And their EP dropped recently. And it's really incredible it's uh they are they're, they're both rappers uh, do they produce too or, or do they have other production we, we, i guess we'll get into these questions in more detail but why don't you tell us a little bit more about ifana and taslina and like their music and this ep that they recently dropped yeah for sure um uh i think i originally found out about this because i was uh ifana hamid is um i think she she she's uh She's a hip hop artist in a sense. So like I found out about her because she was working with a producer um, from Kochi named Parimal Shais, who is an excellent producer, one of the best in uh, the hip hop sort of space right now, you know, like uh, just for the way that he uh, combines a lot of like uh, Indian elements with his, uh, you know, with like just hip hop rap sort of music. So, uh, and, you know, he's worked uh, with Hanwan Kind and all these kind of people. So uh, he, he's got like really great, of uh, a rap so when i saw that he was working with irfan I, I i you know had to check that out so uh and generally i think like i'm more on the lookout for something new in the hip-hop space you know because uh the way it's going right now like you you want to see something refreshing so i think irfan and tatlina definitely sort of ticked that box in that sense because uh they're bringing into hip-hop you know not just the fact that obviously that there are women and that there are fewer women hip hop artists in India, like more than that, I think that they're just bringing like a new voice into hip hop music in the country. So uh, when I heard this, like it was, it was, um, it was quite, quite interesting uh, from start to finish because it, not only was it sort of really uh, you know, like filterless and, you know, like unfiltered in a sense. And more than that, it was also, uh, yeah, just just with the conscience, you know. So yeah, that was that was really cool. It was very conscious sort of like uh, uh, music, you know, where they're talking about the politics of the country. They're talking about uh, you know their identity. They're talking about where they grew up. Uh, these are two childhood friends basically who have known each other since they were three years old. And uh, even though they do a bunch of other things, uh, music was like uh, eventually sort of uh, you know. Had been a part of their lives to the extent that Ifana became more of a you know hip hop artist, more of a vocalist and stuff like that, and Taslina became a producer. She's currently in uh, Atlanta. So um, both of these uh, people grew up in Kodai uh, Canal, I think. Uh, that's uh, that's one of the things that I read up in the press kit that they sent me. And um, yeah, it's, it's just been interesting to see this EP come about because, you know, they didn't wait to like, you know, release one single and then like jump into something else and tease and all those kind of things. Like they just came out with this EP directly and it's quite, quite, a, in, quite a really, you know, powerful sort of body of work with a lot of, a few, help, uh, few helpers from sort of the Bangalore scene as well as uh, the Kerala scene actually. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm glad you started with the production because the production was definitely, you know, uh, as hip hop listeners, if, if the production is weak, it, it almost like turns you off, no matter how talented the songwriting might be, no matter how talented the poetry might be, the production has to grab you uh, almost immediately. And, and this EP, it's called Collab, the, the production is pretty incredible. And you're right, uh, uh, so just four songs in this EP. Um, and I was also left with this like kind of refreshing thing of um, reflection perspective of this is just, they are just showcasing their talent. They are not trying to do 
there, there seems to be no other like marketing thing in, in their EP. They, they don't seem to be quoting like any sort of like controversy or, go, or trying to go viral. It's, it's just pure uh, like creativity, pure talent. And I think that's kind of refreshing to see in, in music, especially in music in India, where like everyone is, who's trying to be big, is trying to like hit a certain chord beyond the music. They, they're trying to be popular in, in some other way. Whereas um, these two young women, it just, you know, uh, it, it, it is what it is. It's just good music. Yeah, I agree, you know, and uh, like I heard a song from Ifana before this, and that's originally how I started following her. She had a song called Two Pills that came out with Parimal Shahis once again. So that was my introduction to her. Um, and um, yeah, I think like just the way um, she raps and just the way her sort of like influences are, I think like it's it's very, again, like I said, it's, it's very unfiltered. It's very like, you know, I don't care, you know, this is me. And um, I think like, we're still waiting to hear that from like, you know, the hip hop space in India in some senses, especially from women in, in that sense, I feel, because, uh, you know, over in the US and stuff, like, I mean, this is by no means a comparison, but I'm saying like to the point of where American hip hop has evolved, you know, they have people uh, like Megan Thee Stallion and everybody who's who's very much, you know, like they're, they're not at all hindered down by any sort of barriers or anything. They'll sing about whatever they want and they'll get to the chart while they're at it. So. Um, I feel like, you know, it's about time, like, India also starts seeing that happening. And um, I'm glad, you know, like, artists like Irfana and Taslina are, like, part of that. Yeah, you know, uh, it, it's always a challenge uh, adopting hip-hop music and rap music across culturally. I'm not saying it can't be done because because people across the world have, have done it pretty well. But, but it is a challenge because I think so much of the music score um, is, is about... It's so organic the way hip hop came to be. It's you know, I mean, if you its origins are almost like it had to be done this way. You know, the, the, the music there was no other choice except the music to be expressed in the way it was. Um, you know, I, I would say like the, the same way that you know Hindu, Hindustani classical and ghazals and sh- and shayari are so organic to certain parts of North Indian culture. Um, it so so it it is a bit challenging to adopt it cleanly because I feel in India in the past rappers have tried too hard to just adopt the bling bling part. You know, like we're just going to show off and we're just going to have like the party scene of hip hop. And it's often come out sounding really corny because there really is not that the talent to back up, uh, you know, the, the sort of boasting of the hip hop part. But uh, in the case of artists like Irfan and Taslina, in the case of there's so many artists now, you know, I, I don't want to list them all. But, but I think just the last five to seven years, Indian hip hop is kind of evolving where the sound we hear is a lot more like natural. It's like they're rapping about the stuff that they actually mean to rap about. They're not trying to be American. They are actually like dealing with their own um, sort of their own lives. Now, um, Irfana and Tasnia, they do rap in English mostly. Um, the, the beats, as I mentioned, haunting, thumping beats. They, they use chopped and screwed styles, you know, like kind of, uh, you, I can tell the influence by like that Southern Houston rap too. There's a American rapper I listen to a lot, J.I.D. I don't know if you've heard of him. I, I see a lot of influence of, of him. I, I don't even know if they know it, but I have, I, from my perspective, I saw that. And then you see like old school, like Missy Elliott influence in some of the delivery. Like it, it, it is a mix, but, but obviously they, they kind of make it their own thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, uh, especially program, for example, like it had like a very eerie sort of beat going on, you know, and that was um, something that really stuck with me. Like, especially because they've stuck it at the end of the EP, you know, like sort of comes across as just like the, you know, uh, final parting blow in a sense so uh, I think they did that really well and um, yeah like it, it just sort of captures that uh, you know like I guess 
being young, being being conscious of you know what's going on in the country, but also you know like uh, telling yourself it's okay to have fun, it's okay to let loose. I think all of that just comes together so well, uh, you know, in in this music. Uh, and yeah, like you said, like they don't try too hard. It's not pretentious at all or anything like that. So I think that's great. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the song. So uh, that is the song that um, we chose for, for the uh, song of the month. It's called Program. It features Kala Shah. Um, I mean, one of the things, except from what I've already mentioned in terms of the, the haunting beat, the, the the rapping styles, they seem to have a, kind of a very instinctive feel of how of making catchy hook. Like even though it's not like a mainstream like party hook, it's still very catchy. Um, this is a short, very like slicing fun song, and. A lot of the songs are like that. So um, thank you for choosing the song, a song of the month program by Irfana and Taslina. Uh, do you know what we can expect from them in the future before uh, before I let you go? Um, yeah, like uh, I did sort of speak to them about this and they said that they are working on more stuff. They are also working on their own things separately, individually. Um, so yeah, like I, I suppose uh, they're going to organically sort of see it uh, through uh, and see what happens. But um, I guess for now we have this and yeah, it's, it's a pretty important uh, work this year already. Well, Anurag, I want to thank you for joining me. Uh, and here's the song of the month, Irfana and Taslina's program. to my head like I'm goddamn yo slits on my wrist like a wristband and nerves on my fist for the discipline hey uh yeah Yo, I don't understand why they all try to blame me I don't got a plan when I fail, you can blame me Vision in the back, your conviction is a maybe You're gonna save yourself for pretending that you saved me Ignorance a bliss, awareness is a risk I was cursed with the courage, so there's nothing that I miss Here's a little tip, don't you ever take a sip We don't have the same tolerance to me when I flip See, I'm reaching for the top like the mountains in my view And I'm preaching for a cause like a resurrection dude Got me seeking for a bra like there's venom on my tooth Got us meeting on the lock, got us planning something new Yeah, I'm trying to start a new, I'm just channeling my truth Choking on the voice that is turned my throat blue Following the cue of the chosen fucking few Focusing on noise that is drowned in blurred rules Running in my head like a program Got a gun to my head like I'm goddamn Yo, slits on my wrist like a wristband Them nerves on my fist for the disband Bitch, I got run in my head like a program Got a gun to my head like I'm goddamn Yo, slits on my wrist like a wristband Them nerves on my fist for the disband An army that's too short of phone scripts to fight A workforce who bankrupts a whole enterprise A landowning gentry's now in on the bribe Arson, assault, yo, the state's occupied Officials and lawyers and banks on the side Fascist corruption's got all the limelight National is stupid, delusion of pride The common man's ego takes over his mind Economy's failing, we're barely alive Active resistance will barely survive When all goes to hell, they got you in mind To pick up their tools and swallow your pride Hip-hop is a political movement Yo, art is a social improvement And gold is the mind of a student And truth to my rhyme is prudent Bitch, I got one in my head like a program Got a gun to my head like I'm goddamn Yo, slits on my wrist like a wristband Them nerves on my fist for the disband Bitch, I got one in my head like a program Got a gun to my head like I'm goddamn Yo, slits on my wrist like a wristband Them nerves on my fist for the disband Yeah, I came with the gift of the spoken word Yeah, I came with the gist that I may be hurt Cause what I'm about to say is by God the truth From a sinner with a taste but forbidden fruit We've got a little ways till we end up dead Ain't nobody can escape, that will be shed Keep an eye up on your sins, they will be bled But till that day comes, please make your bed Hey, make your bed, please make your bed Smart no heart, you make your bread Close the tap and don't drink the lead Take to heart what Jesus said Love thy neighbor like thyself Save that paper, spend that wealth 
kill that slaver, save the hell Be the brave of your love to death I got one in my head like a program Got a gun to my head like I'm goddamn Yo, slits on my wrist like a wristband Them nerves on my fist for the disband, bitch I got one in my head like a program Got a gun to my head like I'm goddamn Yo, slits on my wrist like a wristband Them nerves on my fist for the disband, So Shasta Vaishnav is here. Shasta, how are you doing? Good, Karan. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. Uh, great to have you on the podcast again. And um, we have a couple new books to talk about. We both read fiction this mm-hmm. month. Uh, and we both read uh, international fiction this month. Um, yes. I'll start with the book that I have been reading. And uh, it's... you. Uh, it's it's a classic, I guess. It, it's, it's a book that came out, you know, in the 1940s, uh, "The Plague" by Albert Camus, which is something mm-hmm. that I feel a lot of people have been rereading or, or reading for the first time, even uh, during the pandemic. It's uh, probably the first literary choice that readers have been who have been trying to find fiction about a pandemic-like situation, or at least a good literary fiction. I think this book was probably the first choice that people would turn to. Um, mm. Uh, the, the 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 plague in question is not exactly the same. Like you know, obviously, uh, this is about a bubonic plague, and it, it unlike a worldwide pandemic, it hits just one town. The town is the city of Oran in French Algeria. Um, uh-huh. But a lot of themes of disease, of epidemic, of like the collective suffering of people, of a large group of people, you know, the fear of spread, um, of contagion, uh, like mm-hmm. the a, a medical breakdown and the horrors that come with the medical breakdown. Um, mm-hmm. And then like the abject failure of bureaucracy, which we all have suffered through in our country. Like yeah. these are all, um, they're, they're all part of the, the plague in this novel, you know? Um, right. So, I mean, before I talk about this, I don't know if I've talked to you about this, but Camus is actually my favorite author of all time. He is, oh, uh, wow. whether it's fiction, nonfiction, whatever, you know, I've, um, I read The Outsider, The Stranger, Le Tangeray. Mean, by the way, I've only read him in English. I, I can't read French. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. He, he's, he's kind of like my. So I read the Latrange in college in school, and ever since then it's been like, you know, he's really been inspiring to me. I think of him as like a shining light to me as a as a writer. That like this is the kind mm-hmm. of writing output I want to have in my life. You know, obviously, like the one percentile of human beings, zero point zero one percent of human beings will get there. But it's good to yeah. aim. It's good to shoot a shot, right? Um, yeah. Um, so I've read, I think I've read all of Camus' fiction and I've read most of his essays on philosophy, politics, all of that stuff too. Uh, even The Plague I've read before. And I, so I decided this was a good time to reread. Um, just as a uh, introduction to Camus, he's a Nobel Prize winning French author. He wrote in okay. the mid 20th century. And he touched uh-huh. on a lot of themes of, of absurdism uh, and his interpretation of existentialism. The plague, which in French was called the Pest, uh, La Peste, was first published mm-hmm. in forty-seven. So we are going back to a book that was India's independence time, really. You know. Yeah. Um, so this is the crazy part, uh, Shasta. This is the book I've, I've been actually been reading to my daughter to bed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, she doesn't understand anything. You know, it's kind of morbid, <laughs> uh, but it's so. I've been since she was six months old. I've been reading a lot of classics to her, like rereading. 
so i read uh, the odyssey i read lord of the rings i've read uh, invisible cities she doesn't wow. understand anything but whatever yeah. i just want to say literary yeah. words out loud it's like a bedtime routine it bores her to bed i hope right even if it's not good uh, <laughs> she's going to be one intellectual little kid if it's mm-hmm. bad parenting to read about a plague to your uh, two and a half year old i don't know but whatever mm. uh, <laughs> we'll see um, yeah anyways uh, the book itself uh, I'm, i'm about halfway through in my reread um okay. the story is told from like an omniscient voice like somebody who's kind of um like i guess the voice of someone that has survived or the a, a, a narrator a judgmental narrator after it's all over you know um so they're telling both personal and public histories in hindsight uh the mm-hmm. main character is a doctor his dr bernard rio who begins to note the first signs of illness so at first the rats start dying all over town thousands right. of corpses of rats just show up everywhere around town it's really gross then one day the rat corpses completely stop and everyone breathes a sigh of relief they're like oh it's over but of course now what happens is that the humans start dying and then that's when like the true horror begins you know uh, the second part of the novel it really deals with the separation people feel while being quote unquote locked they they in their own version of lockdown they can't leave oran and they only corresponding with letters with you know friends and family who are in other towns uh some businesses go out of business a lot of people so i mean there's a lot of stuff that i was like wow this he really i mean obviously the, the disease is not the same but the impact of it uh, he really got right you know like he got the economic impact right a lot of people end up like into pure debauchery and drinking even more than usual which of course <laughs> we can relate to yeah uh, of course since it's kamu there's you know a lot of, he he questions institution of church and and religion and about how they sort of try to you know control people or give people a narrative in a time of crisis you know when you're feeling a crisis like this what do you do and um and 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 religion tries to take the narrative and it turns out not to be the answer um he he writes about what people are doing for entertainment you know so they would back then you know like we had netflix they have movie theaters and the movie theaters only have the same movies so they can watch the same movies over and over again nothing new is coming into town um my god there there are parts of there's some parts of this movie that you know i mean not this movie or this book there's lots of parts of the novel that made me talk, talk about you know that made me think about like contemporary times obviously um so instead of like because again i haven't finished my reread what i'm going to do is i'm just going to read like a few excerpts which kind of might yeah. give you like a good idea of you know the way he writes um sure. and the kind of like the way the themes uh, touch on um you know the stuff that like we are going through now in a way So um mm-hmm. there's a part where the city administrators are trying to uh, discuss whether to call this a plague or not like what are they actually dealing with you know they're hung up on that idea that is this a plague is it something else what is the science tell us um and rio uh, rio is the main character so he's he's in this meeting uh, so okay i'll read from here richard hesitated then fixed his eyes on rio please answer me quite frankly are you absolutely convinced it's plague you're stating the problem wrongly it's not a question of the term i use it's a question of time your view i take it the prefect put in is this even if it even if it isn't plague the prophylactic measures enjoined by law for coping with the state of plague should be put into force immediately if you insist on having my quote unquote view that conveys it accurately enough the doctors confabulated richard was their spokesman it comes to this we have to take responsibility for acting as though the epidemic were plague this way of putting it met with general approval it doesn't matter to me rio said how you phrase it 
my point is that we should act you know my, my point is we should not act as, as if there is no likelihood that half the population would be wiped out for then it would be i his focus on um, like it doesn't matter what you call it who cares about the bureaucracy behind this whole like it's plague people half the population is going to die deal with that you know um so it's I, i was like okay this reminds me it's this is too close to home <laughs> this is too close yeah. to uh, you know uh, what who are we putting blame on or who has been who has oxygen who doesn't have oxygen it's like people are dying at the end of the day let's just deal with that you know yeah 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 there is another section later on in the book where um uh but the restaurants are putting up notices our plates knives and forks are guaranteed st- sterilized because now people are starting to go out and eat again and i mean so this is again stuff that we think about all the time you know um and i guess the last section i would point at is um uh there's a part where a bunch of citizens they 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 create their own sanitary squads so they volunteer to clean up the town when in the short in the shortage of other people doing it for them and it's important to clean up because the the, the way the bubonic plague uh, spreads is through through blood through rats through through dirt you know um and uh, there's this whole like beautiful section where um where they where camus uses the the like a metaphor of the sanitary squads being useful to 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 finish the job just the way that 2 plus 2 must equal 4 in the sense like it just has to be done uh so he writes so far so good but we do not congratulate a schoolmaster on teaching that 2 and 2 makes 4 though we may perhaps congratulate him for for having chosen his laudable vocation um let us just say it was praiseworthy that taru who's one of the characters and so many others should have elected to prove that 2 and 2 makes 4 rather than the contrary but let but let us add this and the goodwill of theirs was one that is shared by the schoolmaster and by all who have the same feelings as the schoolmaster and be it said to the credit of mankind they are more numerous than one would think such anyhow is in narrator's conviction needless to say he can see quite clearly a point that could be made against him which is that these men were risking their lives but again and again there comes a time in history when when the man who dares to say that 2 and 2 makes 4 is punished with death the school teacher is well aware of this and the question is not of knowing what punishment or reward attends the making of this calculation the question is that of knowing whether 2 and 2 do make 4 for those of our townsfolk who risked their lives in this predicament the issue was whether or not plague was in their midst and whether or not they must fight against it which is just beautiful because it's again it doesn't matter what you want your maths to be or or who is heroic it's just something that has to be done um yeah it's a question of focusing on what's important and and you know the truth ultimately and everything else covers the truth but yeah. ultimately you have to focus on that so yeah so i mean i found out for some reason the kamu himself suffered from tuberculosis and i think it sort of mm-hmm. forms some of the motivation for him to write this novel when he must have been sick um true there are a lot of themes i think of like as i mentioned of individual heroes and humans being heroes by themselves um mm-hmm. in the face of larger institutions like the government or religion failing them like so it's i, I think kamu has always had this view of like in like you have to, you must find a reason to live for yourself you don't you don't need a, a larger reason to like sort of answer for you right um it's it's very understated like a lot of his work um yeah i'm i'm super excited to like complete my reread you know uh there's that's uh, super 
Yeah, yeah. You know, I, one thing I've not really done is reread books. Like mm. maybe one or two, one or two books of one of my favorites I've reread, mm. but I don't actually reread. And I want to start because sometimes you just need to read books again with different perspectives at different ages and stages in life for it but, to actually have an impact. You know, the impact that it deserves. So the, diff- yeah. the different ages part is so important because you know so much of these books I read. when i was really young when i was you know first trying to read literature and at that point you're excited about it but you don't really understand the world you're an idiot so the, the so the, the the book might be good but you your own perspective is that of like an idiot who doesn't have anything to compare it to and now so when i read it 15 years later i'm like oh this reminds me of xyz all of that. you know you can draw those connections and makes it so rewarding and i think it's the other way around too all that would be less books but i feel like something i used to idolize when i was in school if i read it now i would think nah, i've read like 10 books that are better you know mm, yeah, this was okay yeah 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 so, <laughs> yeah but great so what about you have you read yes. something new or uh, or is this a reread you won't believe it again uh, our books have similar themes okay, i have perfect. read something new Hmm. I've read something new called uh, "All the Light We Cannot See" by Anthony yeah. Doyle. Uh, it's a book that had kept re- uh, kept kept appearing on my Goodreads, and you know it seemed to be super popular. So I said, mm-hmm. "Okay, let's say to to read." And then I ordered it recently, and I and I know I may be doing injustice to the environment, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but I really, really prefer reading physical books nowadays because on the Kindle it just seems a little. Um, uh, I don't know impersonal to me it's like I'm reading a textbook or an article whereas when I read a physical book I feel like I'm reading it you know Listen, so I ordered it it's us, it's us having physical books is not that bad for the environment compared to all the other terrible things people do this is uh, we are we are but a blimp <laughs> I just tell myself that so it's like 523 pages it's mm, the thick wow. as you can see mm-hmm. and it's like but it's worth every thing uh, like it's it it should have been this long because mm. each chapter is like this it's just a page oh wow it's okay. literally like this like mm-hmm. just a page and a half so um so what happens is so this book it was published in 2014 mm-hmm. and it won the uh it won the pulitzer for fiction mm-hmm. in 2015 mm-hmm. and um and it won a couple of other awards as well so i did approach it with caution because of late i have not had the best uh, uh you know experience with award award winning books um like i mentioned with milk uh, with anna burns milkman that won the man booker i didn't enjoy it at all but this one it was it's so it, uh, i'll tell you a little bit about what it is karan it's um like collective suffering that you mentioned uh, was in in your book with this book it's about the world war it's about the world war 2 it's set in the world war 2 so again it's that collective suffering so it transports you to the europe of the 1940s right and it's these two parallel stories it's the same setting as my novel too because we are in europe in Your- the, the 40s yeah exactly mm-hmm. exactly or and algeria in my case but yeah yeah in my case it's france france and germany mm. so uh, it's these parallel stories uh, one one story is about a blind girl in france uh, and her you know journey through the world war and the other is about a very very young german soldier okay an orphan who gets you know uh, uh, who has to join the army etc so it's beautiful because it's sort of uh, it's it's very gripping and the the author knows so much about so many topics right like whether it's 
radios so a lot of the book is about radios and you know so uh, the 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 way he got inspired to write the title all the light we cannot see was he was literally in a subway and he was thinking about his the a lecture he had to give at NYU or something and the guy in front of him lost network on the phone uh, when the subway went into a tunnel or something and he started yelling into the phone and he sa- he was really frustrated that he lost network and the author anthony he was just like this guy cannot cannot um, what do you say um, appreciate the fact that in the middle of like he's able to have a conversation with someone completely like super far away in the middle of a subway in the middle of like in the middle of nowhere from a train electromagnetic radiation in the air is allowing him to have this conversation with someone so far away so it's all the light we cannot see that that are these electromagnetic particles you know so that was the inspiration wow. behind the title yeah and it was it's it's beautiful because there's so much in the book it describes birds it describes nature the cities of saint malo of paris of berlin like beautifully described uh, the characters are very unique each character is very very unique and you can really feel them like um there's so much about obviously about the world war about the nazis about all of that that comes in that's the backdrop but there's intrigue there's mystery so there's this whole through the story there's a there's a diamond called the sea of flames which sort of keeps passing hands and there's a legend associated with the diamond and it's it's just beautiful i can't even like describe mm. but it's just an epic it's one of these modern day classics mm. you know it's something that is easy to read at the same time it makes you think and uh it's it's beautifully researched and there are all these like scientific parts you know which i would like to read one thing to you mm-hmm. which is really beautiful so uh it's it's one of the quotes in the book so it says we all come into existence as a single cell smaller than a speck of dust much smaller divide multiply add and subtract matter changes hands atom flow atoms flow in and out molecules pivot proteins stitch together mitochondria send out their oxidative dictates we begin as a microscopic electrical swarm the lungs the brain the heart 40 weeks later 6 trillion cells get crushed in the vice of our mother's birth canal and we howl then the world starts in on us wow. hmm. so it's 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 beautifully descriptive and there's so much science there's so many questions yeah. that uh it, it's really lovely yeah karan and every chapter is so short mm. that you're literally compelled oh you're like are it just one page okay yeah, next yeah, yeah. one <laughs> next one next one and you you just start reading like late late into the night because you just mm. think okay one more mm. you know so the way it's written is also very clever and he's interspersed timelines so what happens is first we have the german soldier then we have the blind girl the german soldier blind girl and uh, he's written part of it in 1938 the next part in 1940 the next part in 1944 so mm. it all sort of comes together in one scene at the end mm. you know at mm. in the world war and then mm. so it's it's really i i would recommend this because um, it's a great read they um it, it, it's so difficult to to get scientific language sound poetic <laughs> you know it's it, it it sounds it it's almost impossible because they are almost at the opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of what they're trying to convey right like sci- the scientific 
there has to be some sort of exactness to it there has to be sort of logic yeah. to it whereas the yeah. whole point of poetry is that it's kind of abstract um and to kind of marry the two sides it's it, it's a rare talent no that's right you're right you put it beautifully because that's exactly what he does mm. and he says it because the author's mother was a scientist she okay. was a science teacher rather and she used to take him as a boy to wherever she taught and you know that was a huge influence on him mm-hmm. so we see that right through you know we mm-hmm. see that and he's written this in so much detail about so many different topics that you wonder at his knowledge his sheer knowledge like he writes about snails and mollusks and birds and 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 machines and radios and like there's so many the, the range and variety of his mm-hmm. um of his knowledge is amazing so yeah it was it, it was a great read i'm 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 this is something i would maybe like to reread parts of you know mm-hmm. in at a later stage just to even just to understand how he keeps the reader so engaged mm-hmm. like what is his you know um like in an interview uh, with him i read that uh, he ri- he writes in the morning when he's the most fresh mm-hmm. because otherwise he tends to get very distracted mm-hmm. you know of course like every writer yeah, yeah, and yeah. he writes with a pair of earphones on which are chainsaw earphones so he okay. literally doesn't get distracted while writing because with that even if someone talks in front of you like you can't mm-hmm. hear them mm-hmm. so of course he has this process for writing the way he does but it's mm-hmm. it's really fabulous like i mean it's no wonder that he won the pulitzer mm-hmm. because it's actually like you wonder oh how did he keep my attention for 532 yeah, pages yeah. that's amazing and you said you just yeah. finished it last night you just uh, i finished it last wow. night. yeah it's it's one of those that you just have to turn the page mm-hmm. and keep reading So, so i mean uh, what an unexpected uh, way for us to be in between europe and north africa in the 1940s <laughs> at the I same know. time um exactly similar... and and about collective suffering one by the yeah. plague one by the world war yeah it's so. uh, it's uh, it, it's funny how like m- maybe subconsciously our moods were about understanding larger sufferings i don't know or it was maybe random <laughs> but but yeah. Uh, yeah yeah i know i know um The, I mean, I guess that's the that's the magic of our podcast. Things just come together without us planning to. It was just with. Exactly. I I don't think I even told you the book I'm reading, um, and and it made sense together. Um, yeah, no, exactly. No, that that's the concept of universal themes, right? Somewhere it all matches. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it's and it's and and both these piece of literature, I think that's the beauty of fiction that they they give us something to think about in our country. all these years later we can we, we can relate to certain emotions certain themes right in india in 2021 so um, yeah that's why we love that's why we love to read shasta thank you so much for joining me again thank this you. was a thank very you. engaging conversation um yes. look, looking forward to next month me too a big thank you to all the guests for joining us today and of course to all the listeners who have tuned in I hope you have enjoyed this episode. Please check us out on thechakkar.com and we are on Facebook, on Instagram and Twitter at thechakkar. Until next time, chakkar ghumte raho.